0: I mean, do you care that everyone th- takes your opinion that seriously? I don't take my opinion that seriously. I mean, clearly. But I thought it was pretty funny because, you know, again, you're going to be painted into this corner now. You're, you're going to be boxed in where it's like, he's anti-Stafford. Yeah. Um, Pro-Stafford, there's a difference between being a hater and a doubter, and I need to see things for myself to believe. That's just kind of the way I'm walking.
1: Right. Now, that's fine that you, you know, I I think that you, I mean, you kind of have to own this one to be frank.
0: I do own it. I do own it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I own you it kind of said to the guy's face or ear in this particular case, like, <laughs> yo, I mean, you say you're a winner, but I don't know what level that was at or whether it was an SEC championship or in high school. Like you kind of really didn't, you know, you kind of laid it on pretty thick on the guy.
0: Well, look. All I'm saying was that you didn't welcome him.
1: We were like, "Hey, Matt, welcome to L.A." And you were like, "Hey, Matt, why have you sucked so bad in Detroit?"
0: (laughs) It wasn't quite that bad, but it was essentially that bad. But um, look, the the reason was is because everybody (laughs) celebrated as if Tom Brady just signed with the Rams. Here we go. And Matthew Stafford does not have the cred. Mm that Tom Brady has. So when Tom Brady walks into the Buccaneers locker room a year ago, everybody in that team says, whatever he says, we do. Right,
1: but when nobody Matthew's- is saying that he's Tom Brady. What we're saying is, everyone knows Sean McVay is a really good coach. So if you put Sean McVay, and look what he did with Jared Goff, who's not nearly as talented as Matthew Stafford, you should be, okay, you should be really good this year. Because Sean McVay is really good, and Matthew Stafford's really good, um, even though he may not be Tom Brady, but it doesn't need to be Tom Brady if you have that combination.
0: Okay, well, for me... What I need to see, I need to see that. I need to see Sean McVay work with a veteran quarterback that he wanted, and I need to see both parties work in conjunction, like, by the way, we did on Sunday night, Mm -hmm. but I need to see it for the whole season. And my expectations are, well, Sean McVay got Jared Goff to a Super Bowl. So, I mean, he should easily be able to get Matthew Stafford not only to a Super Bowl, he should win it. Okay, so that 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 is the you, you have
1: now you have now created the unrealistic expectation that there's only one outcome that will satisfy you and you get to win if there is only basically every outcome except for one you win in this well, this scenario. Now well, that now that is the sports radio move of all sports radio moves and I'm jealous suppose. that you got to it first.
0: <laughs> well, hey look, George, one thing I got to say. Okay? I spent 20 years in San Diego. In San Diego, no one demands excellence. No, no. one demands championships. Yeah. They didn't demand it from the Chargers back in the day. They never demanded it from the Padres. Okay, In LA, what I have come to learn in the one year since I've been here at ESPN 710 is that every organization, Lakers, Dodgers, Rams, USC football, these organizations... They want championships, and anything other than a championship doesn't count. Correct. And if it means firing a coach in the second week of the season because you lose to Stanford, they'll do it. And if you're a fan, you pressure the organization by demanding championships. I'm telling you, in San Diego, it was like, uh, they didn't win. But you know what? Um, They don't have the money to keep up with the big bad Dodgers. In L.A., it's like, we win no matter what. Yeah. And so so yeah. so really isn't yeah. that what everybody expects from the Rams?
1: No, I I agree, but I think it's hilarious that you that you have basically and I get that those are the expectations, super bowl or bust, but I think it's hilarious that you have painted him in this fashion that he is like not as good as advertised because he played for the worst organization perhaps in the history of sports and now the only outcome that is reasonable to you is winning the whole damn thing like god forbid like there, there are circumstances that could happen here what if like the entire team gets hurt which can happen in the nfl we've seen before and like he's playing with second and third string players on offense whether it's the offensive line or the wide receiving core like like th- there's only so much a guy can do
0: um but you are leaving no room for those errors well, I'm, I'm like Les Snead, and I'm like Sean McVay. I have a thought that this is the best Rams roster that this general manager and this coach and this franchise has had since they've come to L.A., and so I am, I am on the exact same page as the GM and the coach. They're not exactly bashful. Uh, they believe strongly that this is their best team and this is their best chance. So between me, Les Snead, and Sean McVay, and Matthew Stafford, for that matter, we all expect Super Bowl. By the all way, right. it may not happen this year, yeah. But we all expect Super Bowl. No, no, Matthew that Stafford is the expectation.
1: But I think it's hilarious that you're putting, you're making him, you're basically saying he's not that good, and then you're saying, in the same breath, but you got to win the Super Bowl, Mister Not That Good. Um, you know, or or you're a, you're a failure.
0: <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying that he was great statistically on a really bad team. Now I want to see all those good statistics, meet up with a team whose expectations are winning, and let's see what happens when they combine forces. Let's go. Whose house? Rams house. Let's all go. Right.
1: Now, Lins, Lins, how did do, how do you digest this conversation we just had for the last 5 minutes here? Because are you are you are you seeing it more through the lens of Scott Kaplan or are you seeing it more through my lens?
2: I mean, I get what Cap is saying because as somebody who grew up in Cleveland. That's how all the teams here in Cleveland operate is like, we're like, Oh, we're like the little poor little, uh, what do they call it? Small market teams. And we only have moral victories because we can't afford to keep up with all the big, bad teams. So I get what he's saying. And then, you know, coming to LA, it's like put up or shut up championship or bust every year. So I get it. And I kind of, I don't know. I, I guess I kind of, I'm, I'm a cap on this one.
0: Wow, (laughs) It's okay. Lindsay, Lindsay, it's Okay. To agree with me, in fact, more often than not, if you just start keeping a scoreboard, you'll see. You'll be on my side. I talk a lot of truth.
2: I'm going to start keeping a scoreboard, actually. That's a good idea. It'll be okay. fun. Uh, Laura,
1: <laughs> how, how do you feel about this situation?
2: Um, I'm actually
3: not with Cap. Sorry, Cap. I just Sorry. feel like... You weren't super welcoming. You were in his face about what he's done, but what he hasn't done and what you want him to prove Yeah, to you. You were aggressive. You
1: were yeah. aggressive.
3: You were aggressive. <laughs> it just, for me, I'm like, first of all, it's your first, I mean, I don't know if it's your first time interviewing him, right? But, like, it's it's your first time as a, as a group here. Like, yo, what's up? And instead of being super nice and just chill with him, you're like, yo, come here. What are you going to do for us? Like, for life. And I'm like, damn. Okay, girl. <laughs>
1: No, you know what this is the equivalent of? Mm -hmm. Okay, you you have three daughters, right, Cap? Yeah, yeah. All right, this is the equivalent of the guy comes to pick up your daughter for a date. And mm-hmm. your daughter's getting ready in the room. The guy is sitting there with you, and you are literally, like, peppering him with questions of, what are your intentions with my daughter? Like, that—that <laughs> that is what—that is the equivalent of what you did on sports radio. <laughs> That's good. But, That's but true. But wait,
2: so on, on that note, though, on, like, the Matthew Stafford thing, I am also with Cap on that because I feel like most guys, especially with us being, like, the official Ram station, shout out to the Rams, you know, we love you guys as partners, but I feel like, no one else on this station is going to grill him like that. And I feel like Cap kind of is like, the guy from San Diego, but but here's, the, kind thing. Of really kind here's of the, the thing. Here's the thing, Lindsay.
1: We had we had kind of asked him a similar question early on in that interview. We just pushing? didn't go at him as hard as Kaplan did. Which, by the way, I said it then and I said it yesterday. I gave you credit for staying consistent. I just think it's yeah. hilarious, though, that you are literally moving. You have you have moved the goalpost on him so quickly. <laughs> like that. That Every... to
2: me is the
0: fascinating part of all of it.
2: Every station has one of those guys, and I guess Caps are one of those guys. You're our guy, Cap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Here's what you do. Here's what we do. When there's a question, when there's a question that is uncomfortable, but we all think should be asked, you tell it to me, I'll ask the question. Okay. Okay. I'm happy to be that guy. I'm very happy to be that guy. Okay. You know, I'm the guy that will ask the question that will make people go, Did he just really? Really? Because that was a bit aggressive because it was his first time. He just got here. He just saw everybody's th- there's this euphoric attitude and he's beating up on the guy like, yeah, well, you have not won jack squat. So what are you going to do? But I will say this and I've digested it all and I've gone back and I watched it a third time last night. I got to say, you know, the Rams for me, the biggest part of their win on Sunday night was the response when they're up 20 to seven and, and, Chicago has a nine-minute, thirty-eight-second uh, drive to take it to twenty to fourteen. How will the Rams respond? They scored touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. That's how they responded. That's what I'm going to call the Stafford factor.
1: There you go. We'll call it the Stafford factor. Um, hey, I've got a story for you as we move on here, real quick. Talk so right it. before the show, um, I had I, I've had this thing with a, a, an Airbnb situation, and I'm I'm curious to see. Um, how everyone feels about this. And I'd love to hear from the audience about this as well. So I've got this trip, this business trip to New York, okay? And I have booked this trip and, you know, you go through Airbnb, you're scrolling through the pictures and you're like, all right, this place is cool and it's in a general area where I want to be because they don't give you the exact area until you book it or whatever, but they give you a general area, so it's fine. So I book the the place, the uh, host of the Airbnb responds to me. And says, hey, George, here's the address of the unit 24 hours before I will tell you where the key is located. It's nearby. And, you know, a lot of these places have lock boxes, right? Yep, right. So my assumption is, well, the lock box is probably, like, downstairs somewhere in the building or somewhere in the building or maybe, like, across the street somewhere. So I get the, the message, right, uh, today about where the um, the key is. And it's like several blocks away. Where are And I'm like, what? That's yeah, super like,
2: weird. But why? Yeah.
1: Like, several blocks away at what? Like at a in, in a lockbox, in the, in the divider on a busy street in New York City, like where you lock up your bike. Oh, and I'm like, goodness. what? So I got to go there with my luggage. Like in the middle of the street in New York City. So I called Airbnb. I'm like, no way. If I would have known this was the case, I wouldn't have booked this. And of course now, because I'm within the, the cancellation, I'm not within the cancellation window anymore. They'd only give you back my cleaning uh, fee back. I'm like, hell no. So I called Airbnb this morning. And the lady's like, yeah, we're going to reach out to the host. That's ridiculous. It's not written in the description or whatever. Eight hours later, still haven't heard from them. By the way, halfway through that, about four hours, I sent them a message online, like, "Hey, what's up with this?" I call the lady now. The lady's like, "Oh, we'll escalate it. We'll call you back. We'll say." And I'm like, "Listen, you better know now because I, 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 I if you guys don't do, don't like do this for me and cancel it for me and then let me rebook somewhere else." I'm never going to use your service again. And I am like that. I will I, I will go use VRBO or whatever they call it, mm-hmm. Verbo. I will just book a, a regular hotel. Yeah. I will never use Airbnb again. Well, okay? Think like got a never. Legit
0: ripe. I you, totally legit ripe. but I have a question for you. First and foremost, are you going on ESPN Business? I am. Okay, how, does ESPN not normally handle a hotel?
1: No, they for you? do, but I want to go to the city. They do, but I want to go, like, this is not all business. It's part business, part personal.
4: Got it.
3: So, quick thing. So, I had a situation with New York Airbnb, like, 2019 when I traveled. It's not going to get resolved right away. I ended up booking... I only do Superhost on Airbnb. I do, too. I this was
1: not because there was no choice in the matter. Right. I had no left Superhost left.
3: So I was like, I only do Superhost. So I had this Superhost, and the pictures looked great. Ended up being in Flatbush. Ended up being super janky. I mean, the bed looked disgusting. I called, and I'm like, hey, what's happening? You know, Airbnb did honor it. They did give me some back because... If I would have booked, so they will allow you to book another one, even though they won't give you your money back right away, but you will get it back. I didn't book right away with Airbnb and I ended up just booking in a hotel in the city, which cost me like a grand. And they're like, we can, not you know, refund you that. But they allowed me to book another one and then they refunded me that booking plus mm. the booking. So they will do that. They will be good about it. It just won't be right away.
1: Yeah, my thing is, like, this thing is tomorrow. Like, that's mm-hmm. the problem. You know oh, I was saying? there. I was there, things, literally.
2: Yeah, when things like that happen, though, I used to rent my house out. When I, when I owned my house in Cleveland, I would rent it out because I traveled a lot for work when I was, like, covering baseball and stuff. And they have to, if something happens, because one time, legit, no joke, a tree fell on my roof and, like, half of my roof got smashed in. And I had Airbnb people coming that weekend. And if you call them, it's their job to give you um, like replacement accommodations. They have to do it mm-hmm. in the case of a situation like this. You they can do. call it an emergency or whatever you want to call it. They have to give so, you a new place. But, yeah. but, George,
0: your biggest gripe is that the key – is not conveniently located. Bro, it's like unit. five
2: blocks
1: away. I get there at night, I got my luggage, it's in the middle of the street. Dude, I'm not dude, even joking. New
0: York you, is not like that. I'm on your side, pal. I am on your well, side. Well, that guy's just, I,
2: he's just lazy and he's right. cheap because for like 150 bucks, you could get one of those door yep. locks that you type in a key code yep. for it. Like, just do that. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. I mean, I've never heard of something like this where it's like, okay, well, good luck because you got to go and take all your luggage and schlep it around the city and get out over here and then walk over here. I mean, that, that really does sound awful so I'm on your side here who do we got to call? Who do we got to know at Airbnb? Well, I've already
1: called Airbnb now for a second time and like hey, you better fix this. So they're hey, escalating it to their resolutions team. Whatever mm-hmm. the hell that
0: means. Do it you want work. me to speak to them and get aggressive like I was with Matthew Stafford? Cuz I'll no, do. No, we it. can
3: we can hold back on that
1: until Okay, uh,
0: cuz I'll do he it. i aggressive. I got you, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. Trust so me.
1: So I so I um you know, they're going to call back during the show. I'm going to pick it up live on the air.
0: Put them on the air. Let's talk well, to no, That's them. a I great mean, idea.
1: I'm yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't think we can put the person who calls me back on the air without their consent.
0: Yeah, but, you tell them.
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah, no, you no. can ask them or just tell them. Like, know. this call is being recorded, just so you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And being broadcast live to yeah, yeah, all yeah, of so Seattle, gotta California. So you got to tell them the broadcast part. <laughs> yeah, particularly yeah, yeah. Los yeah. Angeles, the second biggest Cover media market butts. on the planet. But I yeah. just Cover wanted to let butts. you know that.
2: And they're in San oh, Francisco. Airbnb is
1: located case- in San Francisco. No, I know, because it's yeah. a 415 number mm-hmm. that I call. In that
2: case, though, Sedano, I think if you say that to them when they call you back, like, just so you know, I'm a radio host, and we're doing this live on the air. I want to hash this out live on the air. You're on the radio right now. I feel like you'll probably get what you want, because what are they going to do? That'd be such bad publicity if they give you a hard time, and you're, you tell them you're broadcasting right. it on the air, right?
1: And it'll be on a podcast that'll live forever, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I do like this idea. I really, really do. And again... I'm volunteering, George. If there's anything that you want said y- yeah. that you don't feel like you want to say because you're the client, yeah. but you just want to push me into them, yeah. I'll do it.
1: Well, let's see if they resolve it first. If it doesn't feel like they've resolved it, then what I will do is I will put them on speaker, and then we can roll from there.
0: Okay, and then we'll put them on blast. Yeah, How'd that sound? That sounded cool the way I said that, didn't it? Not really. Oh, I tried.
1: <laughs> you tried. That's what counts. Yeah, All thank right, you. coming up next. Uh, there is a guy who wants the USC job and I think it's a pretty worthwhile name. We'll discuss on the other side. We'll get to that. We're back in three minutes.
5: I used to love this song, Amy Winehouse. Have you seen that
1: documentary about her? I have not. Oh, man. I
2: have. I've seen it's every incredible. documentary. It is good. It's a good one.
1: Yeah, it's incredible.
2: Today would have been her birthday.
1: It really would have been yeah. her birthday. 38 years old. Very talented, Amy Winehouse. Gone too soon.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of that going around right now.
1: Yeah, with Norm McDonald. Yeah, I saw that. Big time. What a shame. We'll have some cool Norm McDonald stuff in the next segment that I want to get to. Um, Because he passed away of cancer, and he didn't want anybody to know. Uh, but he actually had a great bit on cancer Um, that he did in one of his stand-ups that has been circulating the internet today. And I feel like he would appreciate that people are watching that thing today because that's just yeah. who, the type of guy he was.
0: And and playing it, by the way, as well. Hey, yeah. uh, George, before we get rolling here, I do want to send one shout-out yeah. to a follower of ours on Twitter. He goes by the name of Salt. And he said it was his 30th birthday... So he tried to do 30 push-ups based on our push-up challenge last Friday. Well, Salt here at 30 years old got to 28 and then lost it. So, listen, I think it's a great challenge for everybody. See if you can do the number of push-ups based on your age. Like, I'm 50, and I couldn't get to 50. I got to 43. George crushed his, went from 44 to 49, 44 years to 49 push-ups. See what you can do, and then shoot us the video, because this guy Salt sent the video, and he was, he was rolling pretty good, George, and then he got to 28, and he fizzled out.
1: Right. Right. Well, Very jealous you know, that
0: you pushed up more than your age.
1: I mean, that's the goal. You know what I'm saying? That is the goal. Uh, by the way, uh, the uh, police already came by the office today and uh, told Laura to tell me that we can't put anybody on the air.
0: You mean to tell me that L.A.'s finest actually walked in? No,
1: no, no. Oh. Our own, our, our mall cops, like Greg.
0: Oh, I, well, yeah. I mean, if there's one guy, you, if you would have given me a guess, I would have taken Bergman. Yeah. I
2: mean, I think it's just like a, a call. You know, we've called people cold on the air. If you tell them that they're on the air,
1: the rule is you're supposed to ask them if they want if they're okay right, being yeah. on live radio. Well,
2: Not yeah, that I was going to do it
1: anyway. Because by the way, I'm on. It would be on the phone, like it's fu- like you know. So if she said no, then I would just take the phone call and you'd
2: hear me and not her. You could do that. You could do that.
0: Thanks, Bergman, probably, Bergman for nothing. Bergman probably lost his mind. Like, as soon as he heard I us talking it, about this, he probably went running down the hallway, you know?
2: I think it's okay if you ask, but, you know. You know Thanks, I Bergman, say, for nothing. Nothing. Ask, ask nothing. for forgiveness, not for permission.
0: A yes, I'm. See, Lindsay, that's my philosophy, and I'm glad that you're thinking that way. That's exactly right. No fear, George. No fear. You ask for forgiveness after the fact. That is the key. Great job, Lindsay. That's excellent producing. Thank you. I'll
2: probably get me in trouble, or take get, it'll uh, make me lose my job someday. No, it won't. But it will have <laughs> it
0: will have Bergman call you and go. Don't encourage Kaplan. That's what we're trying not to do. Don't encourage him.
1: Well, one thing is like to not encourage you, but me. Like, come on, stop. Like, like I don't know the rules.
2: I think I think that I would. I don't think I would trust Cap. No offense, Cap, but I don't think I would trust you in that situation if you were going to take a call from like <laughs> no. a customer service situation. I mean, I wouldn't either, Let's, to be you honest. Know, with Sedano, you. I I trust you. He would be potted down. To, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. That is fantastic. Thank you. By the way, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. Even uh, if it wasn't hey, intended to be.
1: So we were talking about Matthew Stafford making you eat it. Derek Carr made us both eat it yesterday. It feels like.
0: Well, Derek Carr put up a really great game statistically, right? I mean, 34 of 56. I mean, 56 pass attempts is, is crazy. Uh, 435 yards and two touchdowns. And obviously, there's the one interception that's going to go on his line. But, you know, that's at the end of the game. He throws that ball. It gets tipped up into the air, hits off somebody's helmet, and gets picked. But, you know, George, it's amazing how close the Raiders were to screwing this whole thing up. In other words, they battled themselves back into this game and then they get a shot from the one-yard line when everybody else thought the game was over. I mean, the players are on the field hugging each other, talking, hey, let's get together for dinner in the offseason. You know, they're having their, their postgame conversations. And we, the television viewing audience, we see that the receiver's knee is down and that they're going to bring the ball to the one-yard line. First play, quarterback sneak stuffed. Second play, a five-yard penalty. And anybody who follows the Raiders is thinking to themselves, oh, my God. They're going to find a way to screw this up, which then the interception. Happens. I
1: thought that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. A pick. Once I saw they that they that they had the false start, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I thought, forget it. This is going to be bad. And then, right, he throws the pick. It was a terrible throw, to be yeah. honest with you. Right. Like, I don't right. know what he was thinking. Um, and I'm like, they're going to lose this game. Like, this is going to be awful. Um, But. They uh they, they survived because their defense stepped up in a way I didn't think that they were capable of.
0: Well, we, we don't often see the Raiders' defense coming up with a clutch play, creating a turnover, giving the ball back to the offense. And then Derek Carr with the game-winning touchdown pass. And, yeah, I mean, he, Derek Carr, to me, with his performance on the field and his post-game commentary, looks to me like a guy who is growing up and becoming comfortable and becoming a leader because – I mentioned this yesterday. When he was drafted, they went through probably three or four head coaches, at least four, five, or six offensive coordinators, and here's this young kid who's like, what? My head is spinning. And even though I never thought he and Gruden would really get along, and I figured Gruden would get rid of him and bring in his guy, um, I thought his comments after the game about coach prepared us for this, and if I see this coverage, then I make this throw, and he just looked and sounded like a guy who is really growing up in the NFL. And and you know you say that, and it sounds kind of crazy, because Carr's got to be, I don't know, six or so or seven or eight years into his NFL career. Mm-hmm. But uh, impressive win for the Raiders last night. Look, everybody had the Ravens. I actually picked the Raiders, and I said it was simply because of the emotion of opening night and the first night you with people in the stands. You did. You did. And I, I thought the emotion would carry these guys, which it ultimately did, but... What a show that was put on last night. And, by the way, as a television viewer, I loved my options. I had the traditional broadcast on ESPN, Steve Levy, Louis Riddick, Brian Greasy, and then I had the, Man- the Manning brothers, which I loved it. I thought it was great, and I'll watch it again.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, would, uh, I would watch it again, too. I, I'm going to watch it. I, the entire second half, all I did was watch the Mannings. So, like, I was in on the Mannings, for sure, 100%. I, I thought they, their guests were cool. They had, um, uh, they had uh, Travis Kelsey, right? They had Russell yep, Wilson. Right.
0: They had a bunch yep. of guys. Charles there. Barkley. Uh, Ray oh, right. Ned
1: Barkley early. I only yeah. saw it. I didn't hear Charles. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but it was cool. I'm curious to see if anyone saw the the uh, the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning thing. Uh, hit us up. Uh, are you confident? Is this a different Raiders team? And also, we didn't get to the man who wants this USC job. We'll tell you who it is in a moment. Stick around with us.
5: Again, try Jet's signature eight corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: Okay, then. Wow. What was that? Uh, now, Chris <laughs> said that it was from a morning show, but it wasn't from when I was there. Oh. So I don't remember that.
3: So this is L- uh, in the morning. It was an LZ thing yeah, on, it was from an YouTube. LZ. Yep. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I wasn't on the show then. At but we point, played it. So.
3: We played it. Remember, uh, one of the afternoon shows. Yeah, have? because he's like, I may Yo, not have been here hit- that
1: day. Yeah, I would have remembered that.
3: He's like, hit the black version of the Golden Girls song, oh. and then <laughs> <Black> that version. <laughs> that's that's sweet. By say. the way, I love me Greg, some Golden remember? Girls. Yeah. sorry, Greg's in the studio.
1: Yeah, I what love me doing? some Golden Girls. By the way, yeah. like I could turn an episode. Who's could your pop favorite? On. Oh, I mean that's hard, honestly. Like, if I had to get, like, honestly, Sophia. If I had to pick one, like, I just feel like <laughs> so, they were all great in their own way. But Sophia, to me, Estelle Getty was like the had the best one liners of anybody on the show. Though Which B. Arthur was the most was pretty like good
2: you, perhaps to be one of the Golden Girls.
1: Um, yeah, I feel like either B. Arthur or Estelle Getty were like my two favorites because they just had great one liners. Like, look, I know everybody says Blanche because she was, you know promiscuous um or betty white right because she was just like goofy and silly but i, I actually like to be arthur and estelle getty more
0: what was the name of the character that um what was her name uh, uh McClanahan. what was her name what was yeah room a room was, Rue McC-
2: Rue was yeah, yeah, what, yeah.
0: what was her char- blanche yeah like like <laughs> i remember being a young person watching the golden girls thinking okay of all these old ladies she's kind of the hottest one that was like my mentality. That's like I, what I was thinking about when I was watching these guys.
1: <laughs> you, were, you were thinking about who was the most attractive to yeah. you. How well, yeah. old were you when the Golden Girls came out? I mean, it was a long time see. ago.
0: What year, is, what year is the Golden Girls? How many years ago did we say that they? Uh, this was 19. 1980- it came
2: out, I think, 1985.
0: Yeah, so I'm 15 years old. You know, right. as a 15 year old boy, your yeah. brain is not operational, it's just right. the testosterone that is growing in your body. And that is yeah. what is controlling your thoughts, and that's yeah. you know no different. I'm just a guy I'm just a regular seven guy. years
1: on network television is a long time. they mm-hmm. lasted seven years. they did right. hundred and eighty episodes.
0: Wow, the golden girls. It's a good show. I mean,
1: still think it's a good show like I watch White's- it now and it still holds up and it's still funny
0: who's is everybody still alive? anybody die I mean I'm asking I mean I, really I think know. they're all past no is Betty, well, White Betty Whites,
2: White's still alive There's Betty no White is Brewers. still alive. <laughs> Yeah, there's always a rumor like Betty White died, but no, she's still alive.
0: She's alive. And how about how about Edie or Eddie Edie Rue McClanahan?
1: No, Rue McClanahan passed away like ten years ago or something. How about Estelle Getty? Estelle Getty was the oldest one, dude. Of course, she's passed away. Yeah, she died a long time
0: ago. Uh And B. Arthur, B. Arthur, what's
1: yeah, B. Not too long ago, a couple years ago, not recently.
2: Yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah, well, actually, no, like like it was like ten years ago too. Apparently, I'm Mm -hmm. looking at it here, 2009. Wow, they all got passed. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Betty White's still the only one still going. Yeah, I would say Betty, Betty White. White Ninety nine. She might be, she might be
0: more famous now than ever before.
1: Well, she got weight. She did a lot of stuff after the fact. She did like those commercials or whatever. Um, what was it Twix? Was she? Did I think it Twix was Snickers.
0: I think it was a Snickers. Oh, Snickers. Commercial.
1: It was Snickers. Yes, it was Snickers. Yeah. Fun. Um. So yeah, she was. She got. And you know, I think she had a stint on Saturday Night Live for a minute too um late not that long ago so yeah she's been around forever 99 god bless her soul <laughs> why are you laughing
0: goodness. oh i just got the text from morales morales texts me and he says wow i never thought a golden girl segment could be this bumpy way to go cap i mean listen i was a 15 year old kid these were a bunch of old ladies that was the whole concept of the show right a bunch of right. old ladies retired in florida wasn't that the story and as a 15 year old kid i'm looking at them and i'm going of the four of them or the five of them She's the, the sexiest of them all. That was my 15-year-old mentality, okay. can I tell you? Okay, so
1: let me ask you this. Of all the candidates that are available for the USC job, where does Eric Biennemi rank on the sexy list?
0: Um, I would say that Eric Biennemi would be a top five consideration, but I don't have Eric Biennemi as my number one. Now, I'm not speaking for Mike Bowen, the athletic director, and I'm not speaking for anybody at USC. I'm speaking for myself. I like Eric Bieniemy. I like the idea of him being an L.A. guy. I like the fact that he had a great college career, not that any kid 16, 17, 18 years old would remember Eric Bieniemy and the Colorado the Buffaloes. But and they know Eric Bieniemy, the guy who coaches uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's who they know. Your yeah. point yesterday about Jack Del Rio being a nobody to a recruit, I can buy that. I was making the point that if you want to stay in the family. Now, the is not part of the SC family. I like it already. but he, Well, I know you do, but hes he's part of the L.A. side of things, number one. He had a decorated high school career. He wound up going on and having a phenomenal college career, for those of us that remember it. He had a really solid career as an NFL player and he's become a very decorated assistant coach in the NFL. Now I see some people saying what a brilliant offensive mind. I've known Eric Bieniemy for almost 30 years, George, okay? I'm not saying we're best friends, but I've known I've known Eric a long time. I couldn't tell you honestly if he's a brilliant offensive mind or he's not a brilliant offensive mind. I wondered why he didn't get a job last year in the NFL and my suspicion is is because while he's got this title of offensive coordinator He's not necessarily the play caller. He's not right. necessarily the designer of the offense. That still belongs to Andy Reid. So I think that there are some people out there that are still questioning, is he a great offensive coordinator or is he a great manager of the offense managing it for the head coach? I don't really have an answer for you. But, but I young guy from L.A., decorated career, fits the bill, and I think worthy of consideration.
1: Yeah, I, I think that he fits the mold of what I said. Hot, young coach, right? Like, just someone who is hot and young and can speak these kids' languages and get them excited and just be like, yo, I've worked with some of the greatest offensive talent. Uh, well, not just – well, I mean, yes, he works on the offensive side. But I've worked with some of the greatest talent there is in the game today. Here's how I can help you, you know, get that to, to that particular point in your life. And I think that's an easy sell right now. Kids, if you go to USC, you want to play in the NFL, man. That's the that's reality right. of it.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, if you go to USC, I don't care if you're 17 or 18 years old, and I don't care if you admit it or you don't admit it. The reality is you're thinking about in five years, can I get to the national football? League? Can I make money playing this game? And Eric Bieniemy should be able to, in theory, walk into a kid's house and say, I know how to get you there because I did it as a player myself, mm-hmm. but in a more contemporary time, I've been a coach. I've got a Super Bowl ring. I've been coaching Patrick Mahomes, and that is why he would would have cachet with young recruits because he's Patrick Mahomes' offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, 100%. So I, I like it. I'm curious to see where the SE fans are on that because Adam Schefter's reporting that it's really the only job he'd leave the NFL for. Um, and if that makes you feel good about it, cause I, I like it. I like him as one of the candidates. I would still try to poach Mario Cristobal personally. Um, but I would say Eric Bietamie is an easy number two on my list. No question about it. Right. I right. do have we a can...
2: question about yeah. Eric Bietamie though. You know, he was, he was always mentioned can or we... always doing a lot. Yeah, we can do it on the other side. Mm-hmm.
3: Right.
1: Yeah. Can we do it on the other side? Cause we're up against it and we're already past it actually. All right. So let's do that on the other side.
4: Plus, Hey, guess who's back for the Dodgers? Oh, we'll tell you on the other side. We'll get to that, too. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. (laughs) ConstantContact.com.
1: I mean, I didn't really have anything else to add there, but, uh, you know, it just was what it was, you know. And it wasn't that I wasn't paying attention. I was just, like, listening. It's okay to listen sometimes.
0: You know, sometimes I just ramble away. It, it happens. You know, it's commercial breaks sometimes. that save me. Or sometimes, if you stop me at the commercial break, but you never really told me we went to the commercial and you potted me down and then you potted me back up on the other side, I might still you'd be able to do the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: you'd still be talking. Yeah. yeah. We should test that out one day, that theory.
0: Sometimes I'm on business calls in the morning, and um, I'll, I'll just I'll hear myself rambling, and I'll say to the person on the other end, I'm like, you know, I'm in radio. So without commercials, I don't know how to STF you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, and they're like, Okay, my turn. I'm like, yeah, what do you have to say? Talk to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know what I will say, and we can how I'll have you talk about this, is that Clayton Kershaw's back. So that's good news, right? And how about Cody Bellinger? After Greg Bergman basically said he was out on Cody Bellinger, he has performed well since.
0: Well, if nothing else, he's actually put the bat on the ball, and the ball has gone in play, and he's been on base. So that's good news because, as a matter of fact, you said right before the break, we're going to tell you who's back for the Dodgers, and I really didn't know who you were going to talk about. Were you going to talk about Kershaw? Both. Or were you going to talk about Bellinger? Because, yeah, we had a whole long talk about this on Friday, and Dodger fans, George, were giving up on Cody Bellinger. And what I said was, it's like a shooter in basketball you gotta keep shooting till you break out of this yeah why would they keep putting Bellinger in the lineup so that he could break out of this so that his bat gets hopefully hot for the yes. postseason that's why I agree
1: I agree I agree so he had a, a you know he's had a since those last two games in San, against San Diego and the, the game against Arizona he's getting wood on the ball as they say
0: yeah. See, I just did it back to you. See, see yeah. how that worked? Yeah. yeah. See, maybe, maybe Chris will be able to find something where he can do an open where this is where Kaplan stops paying attention to what Sadano is saying.
1: Yeah. Except mine only lasted like 10 seconds. I what know.
0: You said. I'm going to wait for you to go on a really long diatribe about something. And then I'm <laughs>
1: see, that's see. when you should have done it. Not when I just said something that lasted <laughs> like eight
0: seconds. Oh, man. Well, listen, here's what I want to say. If, if you're a Dodger fan mm-hmm. and you have been a Bellinger fan, Mm-hmm. Don't give up on your guy now. You know, you, you want to talk about the offseason and moving him and years of control. You want to get into all that baseball stuff. Do in the offseason. This is your team. This yeah. is who you got. He's yeah. a former MVP. And, gi- and, and give him your support because the Dodgers, as well as they're playing, George, cannot yes. catch up on the Giants because no. ever since the Giants lost three out of four to Milwaukee, they've right. won like eight of their next nine.
1: Yeah, and they've clinched uh, before anyone, <laughs> so they're, they're, uh, they're in a great spot, yeah, for sure. Um, but what did you make of Kirsch? Four innings in a third, you know, first game back, you know? I mean, look, he was fine, you know, one run. I, I thought he was pretty good.
0: Well, let me be completely candid here and as transparent as possible. I did not watch one pitch of this Dodger game last night because okay. I put all of my focus and all of my energy into Monday Night Football I yes. was in trance with you Monday were all in on the
1: Raiders yesterday
0: big time yeah. um so when I saw the game was over and I went to check out the numbers and I went oh Kershaw okay four and a third okay four hits all right gave up a run it was earned yeah. had five yeah. strikeouts just and 50 I thought, pitches right yeah. and I thought to myself well maybe they had him on a pitch count and they just didn't you know what well right yeah. so I'm like just get him into the fourth inning and that'll be plenty but um, you know, unless somebody's going to tell me otherwise, because like, I said, and, and my, by the way,
1: he's playing an awful team in the Diamondbacks. You know right. what I mean? Like, so he's pitching just get against. Work. That's actually the great, the best, probably the best place to put him uh, right out of the gate is against a team that's that bad.
0: Right. This is this is the time to help Clayton Kershaw rebuild his body, his arm, his mind, et cetera, et cetera, because you're doing for Kershaw what I've been saying you should be doing for Bellinger, which is getting him ready for the postseason. That's it. Yeah that's yeah. all it is get him by ready the way, for the postseason
1: a hundred percent and that's it's your same point with Bellinger and I'm with you I am with you on both okay I am a hundred percent on board because the nothing else matters for this Dodgers team whether they finish second or whatever yeah I get you would prefer to win the division but who cares just this team is built to win in the postseason are the Giants built to win in the
0: postseason I don't know do you know I don't know, as a matter of fact. I didn't know that the Giants were going to be where they are right now. Right. I mean, I had no idea at the beginning of this season that we'd be talking about the Giants and the Dodgers. Correct. every Major League Baseball expert told me okay, that it, it's yep. going to be Dodgers and Padres. Yep. You know, and, and some people even predicted that the Dodgers would be the greatest team in the history of baseball. I don't remember who said po- that,
1: but I'm sure somebody did.
0: Oh, I can tell you who said it. Who was it? It's the same guy that said on Sunday, fire Clay Helton. It's the same guy that said the signing of of Trevor Bauer was the most embarrassing moment in Dodger history. Well,
1: I mean, that one seems more accurate, yes.
0: Yeah. So it was Plaschke. Plaschke wrote at the beginning of the season that this will be the greatest baseball team in the history of baseball. Not the greatest Dodger team in the history of the Dodgers. Right. Greatest team in the history of baseball, and the data point was they will win more games than anybody's ever won in a regular season, in 162 games. Mm -hmm. That has not come to fruition. Doesn't mean that the Dodgers aren't having a monster season. They are. They are
1: having a monster season. It just um, happens to be that a team in there is also having a monster season. Had no idea. The Giants came
0: from out of nowhere. You know, this isn't Bruce Bochy's Giants that won three World Series over the course of five years. It's a whole different group. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean they've got the Dodgers have won ninety two games. They've won sixty three percent of their games. Like that's a really impressive win percentage in Major oh, League oh, Baseball. Oh,
0: George, George, it, but it's more impressive if you yeah. really think about it. Kershaw's been out for all this time. Right. Bauer's Lukey been an missed, embarrassment. Right. Yes. Mookie missed all this time. Yeah. Seager missed. Bellinger yeah. missed. May got hurt early in the season. Yeah. I mean the the, you, the injuries are yeah. usually an excuse when you don't yeah. win. Right. This Dodger team has not let injuries been an excuse.
1: And they still have the best run differential in the sport.
0: That I did not know.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. I just told you. Thank you. You're welcome. It's info. Um, all right. <laughs> Coming up next. Uh, I want to get into uh, something Carmelo Anthony said today about the Lakers. And you're going to want to hear this. I feel like it's going to make you feel good about Melo and this particular squad. We'll get to that coming up. Stick around. And, of course, we're going to dive headfirst back into the USC situation. And, oh, Kaplan, I got a food take that I think uh, may rock the world here. All right. I'm going to get to that coming up. Stick around. Seven ten ESPN.